Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20, takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh, we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He... Uh, He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports, and in today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, Everett Bomarito. He is a Vaughn Custom Sports pro rep with one of the leading companies in hockey and goalie gear, Vaughn. He's also a huge roller hockey guy, and he also has a podcast called Between Two Posts. Welcome to the show, Everett Bomarito. Everett, how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Uh, excited to uh, go over everything goalie, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's our, it's our first episode for uh, like a brand branding company. Cause Sweet. so it's, it's definitely going to be a fun one and a new one for, for me. So it's going to, let's get this show on the road. 100%. I'm here for it, man. We, uh, you know, I love talking gear. It's something I grew up on. So um, I actually started when I was in high school, like my first ever Vaughn set. Well, I take it back to like my V2, <clears throat> excuse me. I, uh, I had these used pads from this guy named Jeremy Symington. I don't know where it was one. Of, this is a weird story, but my dad wanted to find me a nice used set. We wanted to save money on it cause I was still growing and everything like that. And my dad was big on Craigslist finding like good gear. I remember he said, all right, next weekend, we got to go pick this up. He loaded me up into the car at like seven in the morning. I don't even remember where we drove, but we got in the car at seven in the morning and I was like maybe 13, 14 and I'm exhausted. It's way too early. So I sleep in the car. We drive for some hours and we end up at this guy's like lake house and he walks us in. He goes, Hey, do you guys want to check out the sets? He had two or three different Vaughn sets. And the one that we saw was black with like a teal or aqua and sport gold classic v2 shin or v2 graphics sorry with the v2 shin it was a v2 pad 5500 with finger curl and a 7000 blocker so you're talking like for guys that are nostalgic like a prime set 
back in that day. Incredible, like, specs. Like, everything was mint besides the finger curl. And that's where it started. And I love that stuff. And I was just addicted ever since. I got into, uh, it was back when Price was wearing Vaughn. He had, if you remember, Jack, the Price graphic. It had, like, the one. Oh, yeah, the second, yeah. Like, mm-hmm, little, yeah. like, kind of like a V2 swirl, but they were just, like, lines. And it's not like an iceberg or anything, but the price graphic came out and I said, oh my God, it was the 7,700 pan. I was like, I need to have those. My dad took me to Pirani's. We went to the summer sale. He goes, oh, look at the price tag. You're not getting those. But something that we've always done is we offer that pad and the graphic and a lot of the similar specs on the pro or what a lot of people would call a senior model. So I got the 7407 leg pad, 7407 blocker. But when I tried the glove on, I'm like, I can't, this glove is not the same. It doesn't catch right. My dad actually let me get a custom 7,700 glove. That was my first ever custom piece of equipment. And it was the coolest thing and everything showed up. And I still remember I pulled my mom's car halfway out of the driveway or halfway out of the garage. I put my gear up on it and I took a picture. And like from there, now that I'm like, whenever I think about that, that moment I took that picture is when I became a gearhead, like 100% from there, it was sealed out. Like I loved Vaughn. I knew everything about equipment that was coming out afterwards, graphics, specs, everything like that. And it's been, you know, that's been it ever since it's been history. So. Yeah, that's awesome. What a, what a throwback. I, I remember seeing those when they first went up pricey first wore those and there there's that, that graphic was super sick. And I can only imagine just like, like uh being a gearhead you're just like oh my gosh like i want this uh it's definitely uh definitely uh, prime uh gearhead uh territory there 100 percent, man that's where it started yeah and like all the like von like custom graphics you guys have made are like super sick so like what goes into like making like all the graphics for like the pads and all that so when we talk about some of the classics, those have come out over the years. Like you want to talk about the vintage, a vintage is easy, obviously, you know, it's just a couple sew lines. Uh, maybe you do some knee rolls, whatever, very basic, but it's a, it's a treasured look that a lot of people still like. Uh, you talk about the pulse though, the iceberg. Um, I'm trying to think so. the zigzag, not too many people ever see that one anymore. Um, pulse iceberg zigzag. There's got to be one more I'm missing. But with those in mind, those have all like evolved through several different goalies over the years. Wardo had both. He had the pulse and the iceberg. So you want to talk about a guy that helped kick that off. That's one of them. Vintage, you see everybody doing it. Um, the zigzag was always a favorite of mine. A goalie we interviewed for between two posts, Cam Johnson. I saw him when he won... I think he was with Little Caesars and he won nationals or states or something with those. And I thought they were the coolest things. And like some of those graphics have just evolved over time. That's something we have bankrolled that eventually as you know, new pads come out. Sometimes we throw it on the new pad. But with that being said, when we're building new stuff jackets, it's a lot of design between Mike and a couple of our design people where they look at like what's going to look cool. They really focus. Mike really tries to find out how many color sections can we put on a pad because the more color sections you can have the more custom it can be compared to anyone else you can come up with a bunch of different options right now with that being said you also have to make sure that it goes together it you know it's manufactured easily 
because there's certain graphics where if you add too much, the amount of time that has to go into sewing it really slows down production. So you have to take those things into account. But like something like the V9, I thought was really cool because there's so many different ways you can do it. There's so many ways you can make it yours and add color. And also the effect of the graphic is what Mike thinks about. Like, how can I make this pad look tall, long, and wide all at the same time? Because I, if you've ever looked at a lot of different graphics, some make it look short and chunky. Whereas a goalie, what do we want to do? You want to look as big as possible, right? Yeah. You want to look as, you want to make the pad look tall, taller than what it actually is. You want to make it look wide and you want to make it look, you know, have a really, really strong presence when you're on the ice. So when guys walk down, you know, the optical illusion is you look bigger than what you see. And at the end of the day, your pad's not actually bigger. So it's not actually going to take up more room, but if you can get inside someone's head, half the game is mental, right? Now they're, you know, second thinking shots and stuff like that. So those are all kind of like the different aspects Mike takes into designing graphics and putting together equipment as we move forward. Yeah. I just love like how, like you could just, do simple stuff like that and just like make it seem like the optical illusion of just making it seem like you're bigger in net when you're honestly not, you're it's like the smaller than usual. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely cool to see that and just like see that optical illusion. Cause like, obviously like I I'm a goalie, but I skate out too. And like that do- definitely does happen at times, but it's honestly not there. It's just like the the illusion that it's creating. Well, it's even like an all black base. Like I, I was always a big fan of the black stuff as I got older, just being a beer league guy. Like it looks clean. It looks big. Well, it doesn't look big. It looks clean. Um, it has a bold look to it. You add a little bit of color. It's pretty cool. But being 5'7 uh, and maybe like 5'8 on skates, maybe 5'9, barely over the crossbar. Um, it, it just makes me look so small. Like when I see photos of myself now, it's like, God, I look so small in that. And it just gives you those hard lines where like when I have an all white pad on, I just, I look, I don't look bigger, but I look bigger if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And it, just like with like the black pads too, like I've had, I've tried on the black pads and it, I look at myself and I'm like, it doesn't seem like I'm that big, but whenever I go white, like everyone's like, you take up the entire net and like you act cause I'm five, nine or on a good day mm-hmm. so like probably five ten, five eleven on skates and it's everyone seems like i i'm like six foot six one even though i'm definitely not and you could definitely yeah. tell on the ice as a goalie that you are not six foot <laughs> yeah so there's a def- big difference there. yeah there's a big difference there and it's just cool to see like the like how people see yourself like and especially when you see pictures of yourself and you just mm-hmm. pick pick up part like the small pieces or the big pieces. Yep, one hundred percent, man. Yeah, one of my favorite graphics Vaughn ha- Vaughn has is definitely the icebergs. Like my favorite iceberg graphic is probably the uh, the Jake Hildebrand one in the in the coast. Hildy. And we Sleeper we've had him on. Hildy. Yeah, it's because his like red navy pads are with the iceberg. It's pretty sick, and he's uh. He's been a guest on the podcast too. And I know for you, he has been on yours mm-hmm. too. So great guy. So just give a little shout out there. <laughs> yeah. Hildy's a, Hildy's a beauty. I've been trailing him. I mean, I wonder what his point of view from the story is, but when, <clears throat> excuse me, when we were at Michigan state together, we were about, I think we might've been freshmen the same time. Obviously I'm not an athlete. 
I'm just a regular, you know, normal student guy. And he's playing hockey. And eventually, once I was able to, you know, get into bars and stuff like that legally, I'd always see them at Rick's and everything. And him, Nate Dog, Zach Sizek, and Ed Minnie the one year, we'd always be at Rick's together and hanging out. And occasionally I'd be like, dude, like you gotta you gotta get out of the CCM stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually I was slowly kind of uh making my way in with Vaughn where I'd go in when they went to go see the team. And we would just laugh, tell stories and stuff like that. But it was always something where it's like, Jake, you got to switch. You got to switch. You got to switch. And he was so hard pressed not to. And then something happened when he left school after he played like one or two years pro. He decided he was kind of changing some things in his goaltending, you know, style where he had always worn like a 590 glove. And the way he had always hold, held his hand was basically like on a clock, we'll call it nine o'clock out to the left. Right. Yeah. He decided he was tweaking it and he was going a little bit more between nine and 12 where he was raising his hand and he said the 590 just didn't feel like it could be held in that position and we actually showed him like we were always designing something to kind of grab those goalies we've always been working towards it and then he decided when we finally did it right when we finally had the glove that would be perfect for him he said no i want to try the slr which is like completely out of like left field right everything's completely different (laughs) It's a big catch glove. You got to get your hand deep in there. It opens up really nice and big, but it's more like a 600 break. But the difference is it has a Vaughn thumb angle is what I've been kind of like, I'm coining that term where your thumb is more kicked out towards, you know, your blocker side, we'll call it rather than being closer to your index finger in your left hand. It's like stretched out. But what that does is it creates a bigger opening. So it's like a vacuum to suck up pucks. But if you can get your hand in there and you can control it, it's a great glove he tried that i'm like dude what are you doing like we just we've worked so hard as a company not to build this just for him but for everybody you don't like this he's like no i like it i mean it feels just like my other stuff but now i'm i'm taking my game in a completely different direction i was like all right man whatever it takes and then we built him the slr and it's uh it's been history ever since so good dude. great goalie great goalie coach yeah exactly he's he's in vaughn now so that's all that's all that matters for you guys so it was a chase, man. It was like it was like a six year chase. We just I was tailing him around everywhere he went. So it was good though. He's the best guy. things take forever though. Just exactly, can't, can't right? Get it, can't get it that easy. You just gotta keep working for it. Gotta grease it in there. It takes time. Exactly. It's like what do you think's like the like the most bought item out of like everything you guys create, like pads, chesties, pants, like all that. Like what do you think's the most like bought item or like the most custom item that you guys have well so there's a couple questions there the one the first answer is going to be when you ask what is our like most favorite item from a consumer standpoint from a goalie standpoint what does everybody across the board like of ours it's going to be pan or uh, chests excuse me chests are something that we've kind of Mike has cornered the market on because that's what he started building when he was in his garage in Pontiac. When he was, you know, a kid, when he was, you know, younger than me today, when he was closer to like 16, 17, 18, he started making his own chest protectors because back then, Jack, you'll know, it was done up with a body and arms. That's why we call it a body and arm unit, you know, a chest and arm unit because they went on separately. It was like an umpire or not an umpire, a baseball catcher's body protection unit. And then you slip your sleeves over and they were basically made of like carpet almost. Like it was a joke. And Mike found Mike, Mike's process has always been, how do we find a better way? 
you know, a great, a great, a great engineer or great pad manufacturer has always been an innovator in finding a better way to do things across, you know, all, you know, all makers, all models. Anyone that was good at this always found a better way to do it. They weren't copying someone. They found a better way to do it. And our chest protectors have just been phenomenal ever since. The one that you have there, like VE8, moves great, feels good. You know, it, it might be a little bit thinner compared to an SLR2 unit, but that's where you get the mobility. That's where you can do anything. You could, you know, spiral on your back, end up on your, your, your feet, like in an instant because it just moves so well. Going left to right, your arms have free mobility. SLR2, on the other hand, we built from a different standpoint where we look at it like, okay, this one needs to be different we don't want two of the same units it needs to be mobile like you still want to be able to move your arms obviously because that's such a uh, a crucial point a key component in the goaltending and making saves but we want it to look bigger we want it to be chunky we want this one to be for the guy that thinks he's like you know six three and he wants to look even bigger or even a guy that's five seven you can still jump into it you just look massive so those are the chest protectors are always our most comfortable unit in terms of where we're at in the nhl I mean, we're nearing 50% of the league in custom masks. So the way the mask works is we go out, we mold guys, we show them the mask, we show them everything like that. But it is made by Dom Malerba, who started his own company originally a long time ago called Pro's Choice in Boston, Massachusetts. He licensed uh, license everything out. It's a Vaughn mask at the end of the day. We go and fit them. We do a lot of the work. We communicate with the goalie and Dom. Dom will make the mask and we get them you know, teed up and squared away. We're almost with as many guys have, that have we based off of starting in the league this year and playing games, actual minutes. We're nearing 50% of the league in our mask, which is awesome to hear because that's what custom does. It just gives you a wrap around your head. And then lastly, the other thing that's really, really big in the NHL are just our pants. They're super comfortable. They move good. Um, and I think that, I mean, that's really like a pant is a pant. As long as the puck doesn't go through your thigh and end up in, in the middle of your leg, you're in pretty good shape, right? Yeah. Um, but our pants are mobile. They look good. They, you know, they have a bigger look and uh, the fit is just phenomenal. So I think those are our best, our best items. And then what was your second question there? I totally, totally blanked. I think it was like something with custom, but I, th- I think. Oh, you what ain't... is our most customizable? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's got to be the leg pad. It, it offers so many different features. You want to talk about strapping, like the V9 here's all the things you can change. You can take, can change the stiffness of the top of the pad. So from your knee to thigh, you can change the stiffness in the boot. You can change the toe tie. You can change the leg channel, whether you want it stock or tight, you can tweak the strapping. So you can add leather straps. You can keep it stock. Do not add leather straps because it just makes the pad heavier. Um, you can change the toe tie. I mentioned that. And then, you know, like in terms of the intricacies and colors and everything, you, there's just so many different options and variables you can change with the v9 and it's just it's been a terrific terrific pad for us yeah because i've been seeing like all the customizations that you could do especially with the pads and it's just unreal like a lot of like the other companies like don't have as much as you can customize but like vaughn is like really up there and then uh gone with the chesties like this this thing's a tank like i i rarely get any stingers and i also have a the V7 too. Sick. And Double also, down. Yeah, I also had the I also had Bon uh, Velocity pants as well. So okay. very cool, man. So uh, it's a it's a Von Von promo right now. That's the plug, baby. We need it. We need it every chance we can get. 
Yeah, and uh, I just there's nothing bad I can say about about these things. Everything I've worn is a tank for Vaughn. So, so uh, go get go get some Vaughn gear. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Go to your local dealer. Call me. Let me know. If you got questions? You just shoot me a DM. We'll get you hooked up. Yeah. And uh, so, like, as your job with the, as a pro rep, like, what is your like? What is like a day in the life for you? And like, what's your like your main like? job that you do so mainly right now my job is to find new goalies go out and address new goalies um and that's on every level it's going to be you know whether you're playing u16 u18 high school whatever college pro junior i'll go out there and if you have questions i can answer them but i take care of about six different you know nhl teams where i have to go see them and just report say hi to different players, see if they have questions, comments, concerns about their current stuff, show them the new stuff. And then we go back and we just say, hey, this is where we're at with, you know, so-and-so, this player, Peter Mrazek or um, Chris Streger. Sorry, I blanked there. Chris Streger, like, this is what we need to change. You know, this is what he's asking for. What do we want to do here? That kind of thing. Just because we can't have everybody on, you know, seeing all these different teams. So we kind of spread it out. And then at the college level, I'm responsible for, you know, a bunch of different colleges out east and throughout the U.S. where we have to go. And obviously now, Jack, we can't go out and see them, but you set up with the goalies, you communicate with them, you set up Zooms, FaceTime, whatever, to show them new stuff, send them demos, uh, talk about their old stuff. If they just want to keep that and make a couple spec changes and figure out graphics, then we do the graphics and we enter orders. And then from there, we just kind of make sure we maintain relationships and just communicate with people. Let them know, hey, this is when your stuff's coming. How are things going? What's new with you? And then from there, you know, I've added a couple different responsibilities, such as like running Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter's not as big for us anymore, but, you know, Instagram and Facebook are still huge avenues. Uh, doing the podcast between two posts. Um, and then occasionally we get in the back and, you know, get into the nitty gritty or like making blockers and helping finish product and get it get stuff out the door so that's uh i mean that's a quick summary of what i do i feel like there might be a little bit more but maybe i'm just uh maybe i'm too cocky i don't know <laughs> yeah that that was a perfect description i i would say but i, I don't know your complete jobs but like the ones that you uh, that i know you do that sounds perfect so uh like when you go like since like this whole covid thing like started back up in like march like was it weird getting on like the zoom and like being like just trying to get guys to switch to on uh see how they're doing and just or did or obviously you're probably pretty used to it by now since we you've been doing it for a couple months now so what was it like at the start of covid and like what was that whole like thing like especially in at at bond so we had right after the shutdown mike had come up with his own gown obviously with us having a manufacturing plant it's easy we have sewing machine industrial sewing machines we have staff and we have access to materials so mike originally went out and chased down some gown materials we got them we made them and then we were able to find a couple hospitals that were in need linked up with them and we made a bunch of gowns we did over like at that time, we did over like 32,000, and now we added just another three. So, I mean, in total, I mean, we're going to hit over like 36, 37,000 um, gowns when this is all said and done by 2020. Um, but as we were going through and to better address your question, it usually like if we were trying 
to switch somebody or communicate with anybody, it always kind of starts out with a phone call to just address like, what are your thoughts on your last year's stuff? What could have been better if they were in our, in our stuff, what would you change? And then you kind of think about what lineup or what pad or what ideas I might have in mind. Well, I had this issue with my leg pad. Okay. Well, if you're looking for something with a harder rebound and a better slide, we're going to have to show you quick slide because it's like, that is the fastest material on ice right now. And then you might want to look at the SLR too. If you want pucks to come off harder on the shin, you want pucks to get away from you once you're kicking rebounds out, that kind of thing. Right. Um, along the lines of communication from there, it's not much because as you know, as a goalie, Jack, like it's not as much about, I can just see it and order it. A lot of people want to get on ice and test it. So the harder part was then you got to facilitate, okay, who, who in what state can skate? You know, what? Where, where are you from? Are you in Massachusetts? Are you in Texas? Oh, Texas, you already have ice. Sweet, we'll send you stuff. Get on the ice. Oh, things are opening up in Florida. You can't skate in Cali. There was a huge weird logistics thing that you had to kind of figure out. But in terms of finding interest, finding you know, ways that we can help people and meet solutions in terms of my product, my, my gear isn't doing this. Well, let's get you something that's more along the lines of what you're looking for. And then finding the ice, it was, everything about it was weird, but all you have to do is communicate, talk to people and then better figure out and plan and organize. I think that's to answer the question, Jack, you had to organize, you had to plan and figure everything else out because communication, we already do, whether you're seeing you in person or we're seeing you on, you know, FaceTime, that doesn't change but planning and organizing had to dial up a notch to make sure okay we need demos here 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 on these dates in these states and then they have to come back because we have you know 20 other people that want to demo stuff so that was a, it was a tricky situation but we figured it out you guys got through it so that's all that matters at and the end of the day baby we survived yeah that, that's the model right there and uh like we're going back to like all the gown gowns that you guys have created like I, I believe like when I saw that and like heard about it through like Instagram and all that, like I was like, you guys are doing such a great thing for the community, for the community. And that's why I think you guys are probably one of the most, you guys are one of the most successful brands in hockey right now. And especially with that, like it brings you up another level because you're helping like the healthcare workers and like you guys are all, all about the community and just working to like help get this COVID things uh, figured out and, have it and just help out all the healthcare workers that are risking their lives, just being out there every day. For sure. No, that's a, it's a great point. And the other thing about it is it wasn't just us, but it showed how tight the hockey community could be because there were manufacturers and brands across the board that wanted to jump in and help. So we had not only like, obviously, you know, this being a little bit more U S focused, we had our plant running, but Brian's uh, and Vaughn Canada, they jumped in on gowns. I saw a couple other companies did face shields. They were trying to help get out more face shields, masks, and things like that. So at any point, if you can step in and chip in and help, at the end of the day, you can't – we obviously want to play hockey. We want goalies to play goalie. But at the end of the day, nobody can play if we're all suffering as not only like a nation but as a, a world and a whole we had to make sure that we take took care of things properly within those you know within those pandemic months and not to say that we're out of it now but we had to make sure we chipped in where we can because there was such a state of emergency so 
we're very, very thankful to be able, be able to be a part of that. And that was one of the things every day when you go in and you fold a hundred grounds a day, it's like, it's very exhausting, but it's one of those things where once you pack them, ship them out, and then you get thank you notes coming back from all these doctors, nurses, all these companies, you know, medical companies that needed these resources. It felt good because it's like, okay, well, you know what? They needed it. We we're making a little bit of a difference. Let's just keep going. Let's get through this. And then hopefully, you know, where all of our hopes are, we, whatever needs to happen, whether it's a vaccine or, you know, something changes, we just got to get through it together kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And like going back to uh, like the whole COVID thing like, or the hockey community, it's the hockey community is a very tight community. Like I've learned Absolutely. that throughout my time playing so far. And like, especially during this time, like it brought everyone together, brought a lot of people together, regardless of if it was the hockey community, like, communities around your neighborhood the country like everyone just has to come together during these times and it it showed during a lot of it showed during this time that we're all we're all there for each other and we're all uh, getting through this together one one step at a time 100 percent. that's really it, well said and so uh, what what do you think made makes vaughn like such a successful company like obviously like your pads are like top performance and everything top notch like outside of like the pads like what makes you guys uh so successful at the end of the day we focus only on goalie equipment um i know this is going to sound a little bit cliche uh but our only focus here jack is we build goalie equipment for goalies we're goalies that are building for goalies i played my boss played uh another guy we work with adam burkle he played everyone across the board that we deal with on a rep standpoint played. Mike played goalie. Mike was a true goalie growing up in Michigan, like the rest of us. So at the end of the day, when we go out and see people, I don't play professionally. Obviously you can tell by my stature, five, seven way overweight. Like I don't play pro goalie, but I do coach goalies and I can understand and communicate with them. Well, what do you need? You know, like now the reverse is a big thing. So now guys are asking about soft boots. How does that help? Blah, 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 blah. Quick slide. How do new materials help me? Why should I switch from like a standard material on the inside edge or a weave material to the quick slide? Well, dude, like, you know, for pro guys, they get a cut every, you know, every intermission. But those guys go harder. They're harder on their edges. So they're still getting just as much snow and beat up debris and ice and cuts through the crease as we are when we don't get cuts every period. So when you say, okay, let's add quick slide to the equation. And, you know, I can't say Ovi because Ovi's going to score with that clapper every time, but somebody's walking in on a two on one and you're going back door. And that quick slide is going to give you that extra two inches to get your glove and get your body more central in the net to create more net coverage. You're taking it every time like that. Those are the things that just make sense. So, we are trying to figure out and create create solutions for guys that are having problems based on what we see and based on what they present us as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's the name of the game right there. Like any way you can make a save, goalies can make a save. If you're gonna want to do anything you can to to make that save, especially on a two on one, three on oh, whatever it may be. It's just just do whatever you can to make that save. And the quick slide definitely does give you that like two inch or two inches more so it's also uh, it's really really nice when uh you just slide over and like able to get there quicker make the save 100 percent. 
Yeah, so going into uh, – let's go into roller hockey right now. So uh, you're uh, so hockey has been, like, a huge part of your life. So, like, what made you get into hockey and, like, like what made you get into the game of roller and then the game of ice? Um, so originally my dad played hockey growing up. And then, he, you know, he messed around with a little bit of juniors in Detroit and everything like that, junior B hockey, which was different, I guess he says, back in the day. But – um, I grew up playing, he got me onto the wheels and he got me onto the ice, like just learning to skate right away as a kid. And I actually just played out for, you know, up until maybe I was like, eh, what are you 12 when you're in sixth grade? So say yeah, years so. 10, yeah, 10, 11, 12 years old, I was playing street hockey with all of my friends. And I'd always want to be the guy that put the pads on. I put Franklin, I had my Franklin set up. It was a USA setup. It was so cool. Blah, 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 blah. We'd get out there and play with a tennis ball. I'd take tennis balls off the face, and, like, <clears throat> that wasn't fun, but it was just part of playing goalie in the street. <clears throat> Excuse me. And from there, I started playing goalie. Like, my elementary school, we had an elementary league where your elementary school could have its own team. So, Beck Centennial. Everyone played out. Nobody wanted to play goalie. I said, I want to play goalie. Let me bring my street hockey stuff. Played, like, two games, and I was hooked. That was it, man. Like, I wanted to play goalie. And then – eventually translated back into ice hockey you know as I get older I kind of wanted to to tee up playing ice hockey for my high school and stuff like that and uh started working with a goalie coach trying to figure out how to convert from roller to ice but being young it's easy because you're kind of like you're very malleable you know it's easy to learn new stuff so working with red rest in peace my goalie coach who had started me out this Hartwig in, in, in Detroit a uh he gave me a lot of the fundamentals of just kind of have, having to figure out the game. And then from there, I didn't work with him too much. It was a lot of athleticism that just kind of, you know, based on what I saw on TV, like that's how I learned. So, and then from there, I just continued doing roller and ice because they're both fun. If they, yeah. if I roller goalie is very, very hard. So for a nice guy to convert at a later age, uh, it's definitely hard, really hard. Yeah. But it's once you get the hang of it, it's so much fun. Cause if you're a guy that likes to battle and just, you know, try and get in on those two on one saves, eating up rebounds, trying to make the third save on a rebound, like that's so much fun going left to right. It's hard on the body, but man, like when you make those stops, it's like playing like Hashik, right? Yeah. yeah. Goalie, goalie's hard either way on your body. So like, there's no, no getting away from that. But like I've, I've skated out ever, or I skated out till, Throughout high school, I played, and then I switched over to goalie like six years ago because like my friend was like took me to stick and puck and was like just try goalie. So I put on his gear and took a few shots, and ever since then I've I've been hooked. So going on six years strong, and uh, many more uh, many more dreams to come and achieve. So it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna dude, grind. That's awesome. Yeah, so, just and dig deep, bear yeah. down, and show some jam, man. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, like, I just recently, like, got into roller, too, because during, like, all this quarantine stuff, like, some friends and I were, like, since we couldn't skate, let's just might as well go play roller. So, we did that a few times, and roller's a lot different than ice. Like, roller has a lot has a lot more skill, I feel like, and it's a lot more, like, just, like, skill-oriented, and, like, everyone's, like, trying to dangle and make you pull out the best move, and either way, it's super fun. 
for sure. The big thing on roller is it's a lot more puck possession. So for all the listeners out there, it's a four and four game. There's no offsides. There's no icing. There's nothing like that. And me and Evan Moyes were talking about that from OSU. He came and watched a couple state wars games and like, the, the one issue I have with rollers at the pro level, it's all about puck possession, which makes makes it slow and hard to watch. Where, like, guys can walk up the floor, you get to the red line. If you don't like the way it's set up or the way the team's playing defense and they're playing in their zone, you can just turn back and you hold on the puck and you do it again. You do it again. You do it again. You don't have to shoot. There's no shot clock. So moving forward, I think when you talk about pro roller hockey, there should be, like, it should be at the blue line in their zone maybe where you have to get over that and you have to play from there forward. Or there's a shot clock where you get, you know, like basketball, you get 45 seconds, make a play, and then you're going back down the other way because then it's forcing you to up the amount of shots, scoring chances, things like that. That's what makes hockey fun. But, yeah, the game is you, – you when you're playing four and four and there's no offensive zone that you have to get into – possessing the puck is so much easier and it's so much more fun so you're able to like dangle you're able to do a lot more moves you're able to you know walk around the floor a little bit more and hang on to stuff and it just I think for ice hockey guys if you can get in a roller at an early age it helps because you're getting so many more touches and you're getting more reps where you have to make body contact or walk through a guy because I've seen there's so many guys in the metro Detroit area Brandon Hawkins and Tyler Spezia being you know two of those guys grew up playing roller converted to ice and now you know both playing pro hockey so not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Yeah, and uh, I've not played roller goalie yet, but like it just seems like super hard because you you don't have like the ice just, just to just push off, and you have to like I don't I don't even know how you you go like side to side with like roller blades on. Like how do you how do you even do that? It's it's not about side to side. It's you have to learn how to like your your movements are all T pushes and C cuts because you can't shuffle through the wheels. But then you throw like the slide plates on and you can slide left to right. That makes life a little bit easier. But the hardest part is when guys walk across from left to right. So top of the circle to the top of the other circle, you can't move. And if anything, you're backing up like you're skating backwards to follow them. And then when they go to shoot, you have to re-rotate your shoulders square and then you can make a save. So there's an extra half second where you have to guesstimate where now that I'm older, I understand where I can just sit on like the middle of my crease, not move as much. I can maybe pick up my feet or open up with a small C cut as they're coming across. I'll let them travel six feet before I make a move because I'd rather them when they're cutting across on the left side to shoot glove if I'm cheating and I'm stuck on the right. I know where they're going to shoot, right? They're not going to come across the body. Why would you do that? I'm already here. You have the open side, so I don't move. But if they continue to go, I'll make a small C cut, and now I fill the net again. Because if you move too much in rollers playing the goalie, like you're going to get fried. They're yeah, just going to cook you. They're going to pick you apart left and right. More, more, like, more of the simple game there as a goalie. And just keep it simple and just small, small movements. Stupid simple, yes. <laughs> yeah, just... You just whatever whatever you gotta do to make the save. That's all. That's all that really matters. As long as you make that save. It's like every coach ever tells you keep the puck out of the net. That's it. It's easy. <laughs> uh, hey, that's the main goal of the of the position. So, <laughs> do you do you do ever do you ever do any uh tournaments now, or are you just like just more of a watching guy? Um, I just got done. I did state wars this summer just because I got asked to fill in. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but. 
I mainly, we have a really, really good group. Like Detroit was obviously a big roller hockey mecca, one of them next to Cali and like New York, Long Island. But we have a lot of skilled guys and we actually just started playing up at Frazier and mainly just play there and see, you know, like I see so many good shots, so many good players. Like the pace is actually really, really fast because we have so many guys that do play pro, like the Border Cats, uh, NVS just took a team, NVS Rinkrat, those guys all play out of there. So I see a lot of good talent where like when I get to go, if I am going to go play at a tournament, I'm probably playing double or triple A, which is still good, senior double A, triple A. But like I really want to play pro because I, I play against those guys and the speed's just a little bit faster. But, you know, I don't always have to go out to find the best hockey, which is nice. Yeah, it's always it's always good that you just have like everything right there and you, you don't have to go far for it. You just just comes right to you and right in my backyard. It's right man. there. <laughs> that's that's a perfect thing right there. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, because I saw from your because uh, you recorded an episode with Evan Moyes uh, when you guys were yeah. at State Warriors, right? Yep, yep, yep. Like, what was how was that tournament like overall, and like just like the experience and just playing against these guys? Um, it was so Senior A was interesting because I got I got blindly asked and thrown into it, and this has been my first tournament in a while and I'm not going to lie, man, I got eaten up. We, our team wasn't like, I'm never, I'm always a, a very, you know, like we could lose six to five and it was like three, two on one goals. And everyone's like, no, Everett, you played fine. And like, I always take responsibility on it. Like I should have had them. Like I always want to get those other saves. Like I want to dominate the game and win. But this, our team was a throw together team. We weren't very, very good. And it was very, very hard. I was getting lit up by guys that, like, there was one good team we played against. They mercyed us. They knew what they were doing, the Chicago Drive. And uh, everybody else, like, when guys would walk down, you go to read the puck off the stick and you think they're going upstairs, but they don't even know where they're going. And then a muffin comes off and it goes low right. It's just like, what is happening out here? I was getting I was getting torched. When I left, I thought I was going to be done. I'm like, man, am I really that bad at roller? Am I bad at playing goalie? Or is it just the tournament and the level I was at? And now I come back and I play on Tuesdays and it's just like, like I can play against guys that skate a thousand miles an hour and shoot the puck 10 times hard. And it's easier for me. It just, it didn't make a lot of sense. So, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And now Evan, Evan's hooked and he wants to play roller. So it's a good deal. Hey, even, even better. You got someone else to join. So it's the best of both worlds right there. For sure. 100%. You, you also had a roller goalie camp this uh this summer right in um in michigan called uh between two posts roller roller camp i believe it's, it was called it's like what was that how was that so we tried to put something together because i want to work on the development like ice hockey we already do it they're, they're shooting for 51 and 30 they got a bunch of boards and grooves blah 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 to help grow goaltending and teach kids how to play rollers never had that and the biggest issue is Every roller hockey team is looking for goalies. I, my, my vision is to convert not only ice kids to roller, but to take roller goalies, develop them, and then get kids that just want to start playing goalie at roller hockey, give them the tools to enjoy the game and have fun. Unfortunately, with that camp, with everything going on, we had to cancel the way the rink was set up and the way everything kind of went down, so we weren't able to pull it off. But it's something that I want to retry again moving forward in the future. Is I think it's important to develop roller hockey goalies and give them the skills because even if they leave roller 
those a lot of the skills that I want to teach and the way you read game can be taken to ice. And then you can take an ice kid and teach them how to read roller and make the game easier for them. So, yeah, that's that that sucks that you guys didn't get to do it. But next next time will probably be, probably be better because it's like different circumstances and hopefully this COVID thing will be a little more down on the downward trend. Yeah, you so you nailed it right on the head there. <laughs> so you guys will definitely have a more successful camp uh, than bef- until uh, but until then you just got to keep. Uh, Keep that development game in your uh, senses and just keep keep going, keep going at her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So let's go. Uh, let's move on to between two posts for a little bit here. So you have a podcast uh, with with uh, your co-host, and uh, it's called Between yep. Two Posts. So like, what was like? What's like the meaning between between two posts? And like, what? How'd the name come up? So. Uh, something Zach Galifianakis did, which was a spoof. Like I, we were trying to think of names for like a month and we were doing, you're trying to come up with something for a long time. That would be funny. And then I remember watching the between two ferns episode or movie, which Zach Galifianakis did. And I was always a big fan of the between two ferns episodes, which for anyone that hasn't watched them, they're just, it's not a spoof interview it's a real interview that zach alfanakis gives people so whether it's a star like steve carell or will ferrell or i think he had brad pitt on um who's the guy from uh i think he had both no he had the the guy from hung or uh the hangover i can't think of his name but he did the silver linings playbook and he was in that movie with Lady Gaga. He had him on there. He had Barack Obama. He's had Hillary Clinton. And he gives people a cut rate, like, uh, what do you call that? Community cable, like local cable channel style interview. But it's more insulting than it is an interview. Like he just throws like underlying jabs and shade at these, you know, guests. And I think it's hilarious. That's not the vision we were going to go with. But the fact that he put it together like that, I think, was hilarious, where our focus is more of just, you know, casual interviews with um, with goalies, players, coaches. We're going to get into some stores and stuff like that. Uh, but though we were just jumping into it with like the idea we wanted to get personalities and give them a voice outside of Matt Murray's the goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He won two cups. You know, uh, what was it like on that two-on-one? What did you think of the series this year? What did you think of, you know, Sidney Crosby being out? Like, no, like, let's ask questions about Matt. Let's ask questions about Cam Johnson. Let's ask questions about Jake Hildebrand, who is also on your podcast. Like, let's really figure those guys out. And that's kind of where we took it. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Because, like, all the stories that you hear and experiences are are amazing to hear. And, like, especially for, like, mm-hmm. everyone has a whole different, like, story and different path where they took to be where they're at today. But it's also 100%. it's also good to get that, like, get the, like, their personal stuff. or Not, like, super personal stuff, but, like, they're, like, they're, like, outside of hockey, outside of their sport, like, area, and just, like, see where they are with that and just go go along for the ride with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%, man. It's uh, it's definitely been a nice, it's been an opportunity where we can give insight to people. So, yeah, and insight the insight is a huge thing in the podcast world, and I I feel like all of us podcasters 
we just got to come together and create one big like podcast community, which I think we, everyone's been doing a good job of. And it's so much fun listening to everyone's like podcasts and like the stories that come out of it. And just like, just like as a whole, just like hearing like everyone's backstory and just like, just listening to everyone's podcast. It's just super relaxing. It's super easy to do, especially when you're selling like a car ride home, car road trip somewhere, just going yeah. on a walk, going on a run, like anything. You could just throw on a podcast and just have a good time with it. For sure. 100%, dude. Yeah, it's, it's just so much fun. And so, like, who has been, like, your favorite guest on the podcast so far? I, I know it's hard to pick one. You Like, I, I honestly cannot pick one. But, like, what has been some of your, like, favorite episodes that you guys have uh, recorded? Alex Nadalkovich was a sleeper pick. No one will know that one, but that one that one was a lot of fun. Sam Metcalf was a blast. I've known Meddy since he started in the NA, like absolute beauty. Cam Johnson's first, the very first episode we ever did is hilarious. The stories Cam told. But Kevin Weeks has got to be one of the best because he's just, he's an entertainer in itself. He's a speaker. He's a, you know, a, a host on the NHL network. You know, he's the face of a network. He travels, he does all the league stuff and he brings such personality something that I've been, you know, studying, trying to figure out how to bring like such life to stories and to voice. So uh, Weeks is definitely one of my favorites, but those other ones are like, those are up there. Definitely. Matt Murray was really, really cool too. Very chill, relaxed guy to talk to, but uh, to get his insight on what he was doing and everything like that was really fun. Yeah. that That's just awesome. Like, especially the Weeks one, like He's a storytelling guy. Like you could just go on day, go hours and hours, just him telling stories, and you'll never get bored because he just tells in like a very like fun and like loving way that it's just yeah. it just goes so smoothly. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So uh, you, I saw from uh, I was doing some research on you, and because you know you gotta always do the research and. Uh, you went you went on and you went on East trip to from Detroit to Boston like five days and like so like how was that and like some of the crazy adventures make like the best memories so that must have been a lot of fun. So that was actually it was a work trip. Went down to see the the Nalta Prospects tournament. Did two days there. Went up to Vermont. Actually no, it was Nal Showcase or Nalta Prospects. Saw Brown. Went up to Vermont. Saw Vermont then flew over to Buffalo, saw Canisius and Niagara. So when we start traveling, once you're on the road, it's good to see a few teams. So if you can see a few teams that are in the Boston area, that's even better. But with the way schedules were lining up, we couldn't see too many of those schools. So we went and reached out to Vermont, drove up to Vermont and uh, Canisius and Niagara, obviously. But the, the best story I have to tell from that was just to drive up from Providence, Rhode Island to Vermont was awful. I tried to rush out the door the last day to get out as early to beat traffic because out east, man, like traffic's just different. It's built different out there. Like cars will be bumper to bumper. You won't move because there's so many people that are concentrated in a tight area. And the way the roads are built and all that kind of historic stuff, like it's not built for having millions and millions of people. But driving up to vermont once you start cruising and going north getting away from massachusetts you start to climb into the mountains i didn't know this this is february things are icy things are very very snowy and as you get higher and higher in altitude you're getting more and more snow it got to the point where 
I used to go snowmobiling as a kid. And when you'd be on the trail, you look left, you look right. It's beautiful. Whether it's daytime or nighttime, trees are covered in snow. You can't even see the trees, but you can see the outlines of stuff. And you look down to your left and your right and you see valleys of snow, like deep, deep, scary valleys. But you're on a snowmobile. It's built for snow. You're not going to fall into those valleys. You're good. I'm in the middle of the freeway. The snow is completely snowed over, not iced over. It's completely covered in snow where everything is white and you see tire tracks like you're on a snowmobile trail. You look at the left and right. The trees are covered. You can't see the edge of the road. But I do know if you miss like the railing, you're 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 going down hundreds and hundreds of feet. It was the most terrifying ride I'd ever been on. I had called the equipment manager, Nesty, who I was going to see. And it was nerve wracking. I'm like, dude, how do people do this? He's like, yeah, when we're in the bus, man, it gets scary. Like things get really, really sketchy coming back up here from Boston. I go, this is terrifying. But eventually I muscled out, you know, white knuckled it, got through, started coming down in elevation. And then all the snow just kind of disappeared. It was terrifying. Yeah, that that just seems terrifying, especially seeing like it all snowed over and like you know there's ice like literally everywhere and you go down the railing, like you said, it's a far drop, so it's definitely it's definitely yeah, not, not, not ideal. It it's definitely not ideal conditions, but hey, you got through it and that's that's all that matters. So uh, it's good to good uh good to get some fun memories out of that too and interesting memories and stories out of that. Because like all survive. like yeah <laughs> just to survive like every every road trip you take you find some memory some stories to tell and like it just lives on for a lifetime mm-hmm. for sure yeah so i got one last question for you uh so if you would change if you had to change like one thing about the game of hockey today whether it be roller or ice or or like both like what would it be and why So we'll go to ice because I'm a big believer in this. And I think ice should either, if you're going to keep the same size rink, you play four and four hockey. Why? Because it opens up the sheet and you're going to see things that you wouldn't normally see in ice. You can keep all the same rules, but make it four and four and give guys like Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, more room on the ice to fly. With that being said, traditionalists, if you do not want to change, the way that the game's played and see four and four instead of five on five. Totally get it. Make the rinks bigger. Go to an Olympic size sheet. The reason people won't do this is rinks will lose uh, money in terms of seats. So not only do you lose seats around the rink, but now those people that aren't showing up aren't buying beer, shirts, you know, hot dogs, coffee, pizza, like whatever. They're buying all the other extra stuff, parking, uh, jerseys, t-shirts, you know, like everything, foam fingers, so now you're cutting away from a lot of losses. But I truly think if you put five on five on an Olympic sheet and you let guys like Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, all your young guys in the league buzz around and fly, like you'll see a totally, totally different game. I think opening up those gaps and finding open spots, like when you watch three on three hockey, what's it like? It's exciting because there's more off there's more offset chances. You get more scoring chances. That's what people want to see. You don't want to see guys blocking pucks, eating pucks. Although that's great fundamental hockey, that's not what the fan wants to see. Open it up, make the game fast, let guys like that have high talent that are elite players explode and play in open spaces. And you'll, I think you dial up uh, you dial up your fan base because you get more people interested in the game seeing different highlights like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like that would definitely be uh, be fun to see because 
like especially seeing like Austin Matthews and all of them like on a on like a skill level like obviously they're skilled now but like they take take away two guys four on four it's just gonna be like it everything it, it does and like it all better better uh more ice for better uh for more skilled players and more skilled plays and, like just three on three in general it's just like it's it's nerve-wracking especially when your yep. favorite teams are playing especially in overtime like it's just action back and forth back and forth and it's you never can get bored of it and that's why uh i believe i really enjoy like why they went to three on three compared to just keeping it four on four in overtime just it opens up the game and like there's two on ones like every like pretty much every other play and it's just it's so much fun to watch and like from a fan base it's like you're you're getting what you paid for absolutely, absolutely. yeah totally get it yeah so uh everett thank you so much for coming on the show i had a blast and hope you did too and i appreciate your time absolutely. and hopefully uh i can get up to michigan soon and maybe uh get some uh see some vaughn stuff yeah dude whenever you're in around man shoot me a dm maybe we'll get you into the factory if uh all the health stuff kind of blows over. We'll be in good shape. But, yeah, dude, stay in touch. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me and, you know, getting me a chance to be on the other side of the mic. But yeah, well, no let's, uh, let's talk soon. All right? Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been a fun one. And it I bet it was fun for you getting on that, that opposite side and not being the one interviewing the person just on the other side of the, other side of the mic. Yeah, it's definitely different. But thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you. Yeah, see you.